With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th to the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fennoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fennoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you at the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. And he picks up a first down. And I'm going to go back to... You know, we talked to our friends, uh, Charles Bishop and Neely. They follow Jackson State football and having dinner with them. I mean, they said, this team feels like nobody can score three times on them. Three times. He didn't say if it was three field goals, three touchdowns. Prairie View has scored twice. Touchdown, field goal. That's how good this defense is. And, whoa, they are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. It got to get to the point where whoever we're – during the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to have to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. Trust us. Okay. Trust y'all. We appreciate that. We trust. appreciate that. Much love, baby. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy, boy I love it, love it yeah. I love it, love it yeah. I love my HBCU And man yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. man. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab To see if my team won a loss yeah. If they lost, yeah. I'm quiet as a mouth but if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Camille with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. As you can see, Mike Washington is out on assignment. So you have none other than Charles Bishop, also known as Professor Bishop to many. And we have A.D. Drew, known to many of our lab listeners as the clinical professor on assignment. I want to say welcome to episode 259 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, for institutions large and small, from NEIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture and HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs 
in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host again, along with my co-host, Professor Drew, Professor Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer in a beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that said, we should have a great one on today. We're scheduled to have the MEAC Commissioner, Sonia Steele. So we're excited about that opportunity. But before we get into that interview, today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, let me go straight back to Charles. Bishop, how you doing? I'm doing well, Doc. Doing well. It's great to be off the road and uh, back home, get a chance to uh, get ready for these uh, last couple of weeks, get ready for the finals here. So uh, looking forward to it. But <laughs> I tell you what, uh, it has been a semester and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got them finals in your life. Not Ooh. only are you giving them, but you taking them too. Yes, indeed. Them, yes, indeed. Giving them and taking them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pledging a little bit there. I see. A little bit, a little bit. Yes, indeed. Let me go to uh, <laughs> Professor Drew, clinical Professor Drew. How's your day going? You 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 got any finals that you're giving or taking? I am giving finals uh, in my uh, class that I uh, adjunct for down at uh, Southeastern University, and just just want to ask you one one question, uh, Mister uh, HBCU Sports Lab. How many days do you get with this organization? Because uh, Mike Washington must have accumulated a lot of days up in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it depends on who, if you let him tell it, he's yeah. going to say it goes back to the days when I was a freshman. He was a sophomore coming into Prairie VNM University, and I had an interest of uh, membership in Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Oh. So, you know, he's still holding on that to say so he's using you know, legacy responsibilities for that hookup, if you want to call it that. <laughs> it was all on him, so he thinks he's accumulated the block. I think if you had Charles, the other half fraternity duo that we have here, if you would, trio, I guess if you look at it in that manner, is uh, he's been on the clock. He keeps counting these numbers, and he said, man, something's not wrong right here. He talking about he wants some of his days. I say, all right, man, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> he got to straighten these folks out. And he get and, and he working on that economics and that stats class, so uh, he really fits to hit you with some numbers now, Doc. Exactly, time. you know, yeah. you can't teach brothers anything these days because they take it to heart and take it to the head. <laughs> Shout out to the lab listeners. A lot of folks, I believe, we put the information out there, and we see by the numbers, we have a lot of folks that join us. Uh, we hope to do you right and make sure that you get the information you need. Uh, and we're going to go to it and find out what we got. But before they do that, I think they had a little something this past weekend that started at the end of the week called the draft. Um, I don't know if you all heard anything about it, but uh, did it work out for any HBCU folks out there, Professor Bishop? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it did. So I want to say congratulations to the four HBCU uh, players who got drafted, Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State, Dakota Durant from South Carolina State, James Houston from Jackson State, and Jatai Carter from Southern University. So, uh, Dr. Cavill, uh, in addition to the four HBCU draft uh, picks, uh, there were eight that were signed as uh, 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 free agent signings, uh, the most since 2015, and the fourth best in the last 25 years. So, I definitely want to uh, send congratulations out to Marquise Bell, Shamar Bridges, Keith Corbin, Deshaun Dixon, Felix Harper from Alcorn, Ron Hunt, uh, Young from Jackson State, and Savion Williams from Florida AM. They were all the free agent signers. And then you have some rookie uh, mini camp invitations uh, Will Adams, Dean Anderson, Caleb Carter, Stephen Davis, Keenan Forbes, Aquil Glass, CJ Holmes, Afir Kelly, Jermaine Martin, Marquise McClain, Najee Reams, Kylan Ritchie, Braylon Robinson, and Juwan Taylor. So definitely. I uh, want all those guys to go out there and, and do what they need to do to get seen, to get, uh, get in front of whomever they need to get in front of, get in front of the numbers more than anything, and make a roster. So uh, congratulations to all those guys. Great points you're making there. Professor Drew, if I recall, you said the over and under at 4.5. I know Correct. you said it. Does that mean that you got the bet? Did you bet on this? And where did most people fall and what were your thoughts in terms of the outcome of where people were going either 
uh, four or five. I think you did it at four point five. Was right on the spot, man. We're gonna have to take you to Las Vegas out there. Well, uh, I can't take all the credit for that one. Uh, Brian helped me out. You know, we we put that number together between the two of us. My heart was on the five side. My wallet was on the four side. Just That's right. You on, did say uh, that on, 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 the, on the sports wrap with yeah. uh, Brian and AD. You did say that. I heard that. Exactly right. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, now the thing is, the four that went, I, I would not have gotten the four correct. I, I, I really thought I really thought Marquise Bell would have been in that mix, you know. Uh, James Houston ha- had that one. The De- Kobe Durant had that one. Uh, Williams uh, had that one. Our Carter, I, I thought he I thought he may have been one of those borderline ones. I was I didn't know whether he was going to go and uh, not going to go. Had optimism for a quill glass, but I really was not expecting glass to uh, to go. So the one, like I say, the one that was the shocker to me was Marquise Bell. But yeah. after talking to BJ Jones on our show's Sunday, I understand a little bit more as to why uh, Marquise Bell did not go. He had better. Uh, 2019 season then he did a better 2021 season and it's of course when it comes to this what have you done for me lately and i gotta put this one out there detroit lions there's plenty of footage on james <laughs> out there I, I i know a brother or two named bishop and neely who could have got you some footage i know a few people over hbcu game day who could have got you some footage? Hey, I could even get you in touch with the Jackson State SID if we really, if if you really want the official footage. Detroit Lions. That do better, do better, do better, do better. Thank you. Well stated, well framed. I appreciate that, and yeah, we certainly need to call them out uh, before we get to it. We got a couple more things. Wanted to shine some lights on, uh, but I must admit, like you, Charles. And Drew, when you talk about the fact, Kill Glass, I certainly wanted to see him go, but actually I stopped, didn't hear a lot. Then you kind of knew wasn't looking well, and just over years' of experience. And then, but you're right, when you can see Marquise Bell, um, I got to start getting a little nervous because I was like, you know, we're not hearing enough. And I really thought he would have been much higher than that, but it didn't work out. But uh, mm-hmm. kudos, my understanding, he did get better deals in some of the seventh rounders when he you did. talk about how much Dallas sought his interest. So whoever his agent is, they made sure that he got done right in terms of what the estimated uh, ballpark numbers are. I won't tell his business, obviously, folks can get out there and get it because uh, we do have some sharks out there. We're going to hold that tight, but congratulations to all those guys. They want to go back to you, Charles, in terms of what are some other things that you want to do? Yep. Well, go ahead and mark your calendar now. The SWAC will hold its annual football media day Thursday, July 21st at the Sheridan Birmingham Hotel. The event will feature all 12 league head coaches and two student athletes from each member institution. The league will also announce the 2022 all SWAC football preseason teams as well as the predicted order of finish. So uh, as you guys well know, that is a, a tremendous event in terms of SWAC media day and um, looking forward to uh, coming back over to Birmingham again and, 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 and uh, taking part in that uh, as we uh, get sort of this preview into the season on, over there on the SWAC side. Professor Drew, do you think somebody's a little excited now? I mean, can we get through baseball, softball, swag championship this weekend? Do we already talk track, about the swag media day? Track championship. Oh, by the way, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we got plenty of stuff out there that we could be doing in, in, in the meantime. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there too. is. I'm sure there is, but, you know, uh, you know. That our audience tends to drift towards the football side from time to time. So I just want to make sure they make sure they uh, mark their calendar July 21st. No gotcha. doubt about it. With that gotcha. being said, uh, Professor Drew, let me go back to you. What are some other highlights you want to kind of put out there for the people? Uh, this was not on our script, but you know I can't uh, come on the show right now without talking about the Black, the Tyson Foods Black College World Series, and the seeds were released today, 
and the seeding for the Tyson Foods Black College World Series, the number one seed is going to be the Albany State Golden Rams. They will take on the they will take on Kentucky State in the first round at 9 a.m. Central Time at Montgomery's Riverwalk Stadium. Your number two seed on the NCAA side will be the Miles Golden Bears, and they will take on the number three, Bluefield State Big Blue, and that will be a 5 p.m. game at Riverwalk Stadium. On the NAIA side, Florida Memorial comes in as your number one team, and they will open up against Talladega at 1230 on next Wednesday. And your nightcap will be Everwaters Waters versus Russ. All those games will take place. And that's a, a eight o'clock game, uh, Central Time. All those games will take place at Montgomery's Riverwalk Stadium and be streamed live here on the Black College Sports Network. Man, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that event. A lot of work's been into it. Before we get into this break, I did want to shout out South Carolina State as they sweep the 2022 MIAC Men's and Women's Tennis Championship uh, as they continue to get it out. Shout out to South Carolina State in terms of the doubles uh, in the singles as they had um, Omar Burt Gorgon, South Carolina State was performer, outstanding performer, and Coach Hardeep Judge from South Carolina State uh, doing back-to-back, obviously, got outstanding coach. Shout out to that. We got some more leadership in the house. Morgan State has named new athletic director beginning a new era of leadership in athletics for MEAC Sports. That is Morgan State's President David Wilson. Today announced the appointment of Dina Freeman uh, Patton. That comes out of MEAC Sports again uh, as the new vice president and director of intercollegiate athletics. Has quite a bit of experience, so it'll be fascinating to see how it goes. Let's get in this break, and it, uh, apropos, as you would say, that we're just talking about the MEAC. As we come back, we should have the commissioner of the MEAC, Sonny Steele. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. We can get in this interview. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. We're all about feeding your family with meat and plant-based protein that's good for the planet, good for you, and just plain good. That's all the protein you need, all on your plate. Don't worry, Ma, we'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with exclusive interview with the MEAC Commissioner Sonny Stills, who started her tenure as the official commissioner back in January. 
we had a chance to talk to her about that role, so we won't necessarily get into that. We have a lot of questions there, but I wanted to officially welcome you to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me back. You know, I had a lot of fun the last time, so I look forward to uh, being entertained again. No doubt. <laughs> That's what we do here. Dr. Bill's inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Co-hosting today is none other than Professor Bishop and clinical professor Drew is joining us as a guest. Uh, with that, I kind of wanted to level set uh, in terms of just what's going on in the MEAC from that perspective. Let me first ask the question in regards to where, what have you been getting and moving forward? What has been getting done in the MEAC? Yeah, so um, yeah, great question. We we are really trying to get our legs under us as we move forward um, with the conference. I think one of the things of my mission was to do some work with um, getting our Olympic sports on a national platform. And we recently did that with tennis, um, getting them on HBCU um, Go TV. Um, so that, that's a tremendous thing for us, um, being the first time we stream tennis. You know, and so we're looking forward to doing more of that going forward. We had a great basketball tournament, um, which which is impressive coming out of COVID. Um, and um, so that's one of the things we also, you know, embarking on our Title IX 50th anniversary and, and, and the things that we're doing with that, with the uh, YWCA um, partnering with them and, and the things that we're doing to showcase it with the women in athletics. Um, um, presentation workshop and, and lots of other things that we're doing to move forward. So um, with that, um, we are really trying to make some leaps and bounds um, in the conference um, within my, shoot, I think 100, 110 days, 120 days. <laughs> so a lot of times when you have an interview and you get into a leadership type of role, mm -hmm. you have these 30, 60, 90 day plans. Yeah. In this case, I'm sure you had your own 30, 60, 90, but there was a significant framework in terms of the, what I call conference journey, teams moving around, around mm -hmm. you, in and out of the conference from that perspective. One of the questions that is always out there and certainly something that's important to me is, does the MEAC yourself uh, within that 30, 60, 90 days, is there a strategic plan in terms of what is the future for the MEAC? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there's one thing, it's, it's two two things. So one, um, you know, I has the commissioner, I have to look at uh, my own strategic plan on, on how we are going to move forward. Um, what benchmarks are we going to make as a conference um, in regards to what I envision the conference to be. And then the other piece is our delegate assembly um, has a committee, a strategic and long range planning committee that is working on our conference strategic and long range plan. And so it all encompasses how we are gonna to grow together um, as one mind, one conference, um, which is very important. We have to move together. Um, so my vision has to match what the strategic and long range plan committee has. And in my um, one thing that I purposely didn't do is tell specifically about what my vision was for the conference. I wanted to see what the strategic and long range plan committee came up with. And as I listen to them and, and they tell me what they are putting together, we are all moving the same way which is very important. We want to see um, the conference change, be more innovative, um, be more, um, again, using strategic about how we move um, as a conference and what we wanna see um, the conference go in the future. So, and that's very rewarding to know that we are all moving in the same pace. With this, before I share and allow, my co-host to get in and ask some questions. One of the things that you came out with was this terminology that a lot of people liked in terms of the elite eight. Absolutely. And strengthening the elite eight. Well, there's been a lot of dialogue in conference that is the conference going to stay the elite eight, namely mm. Howard University. 
in regards mm -hmm. them maybe having an interest in terms of moving to the Colonial Athletic Association. Several reports have put that out there. Um, and so when you talk about the strategic plan, everybody on the same page, this, this elite eight terminology, can you give us some framework in terms of um, where that's going? Is there any truth to that? Um, what can you say about the lead eight, including whether Howard University is going to remain in the conference? Yeah, what's interesting is um, rumors, you know, and it's funny that the, the rumors have taken a, 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 a shoot a light of their own. They have they're just taken off. And so one of the things is there, there isn't a lot of truth to the rumors. Um, mm. the, the eight, um, the elite eight, we're committed. They have said over and over again that they're committed to the stability of the conference. And that's important. I, I don't think, and I think I mentioned this before, I wouldn't have taken the job if I didn't think that we had the commitment of the eight. And, um, one of the things when you have these stories out there that don't really get confirmation from anybody. And so, you know, it, it, it just keeps growing because it's out there and then you have alumni and, you know, and fans wanting to, to buy into that, but there's no substance to it. Um, you know, when you are the elite, you know, that there are going to be other conferences that are going to come for the institutions because we are uh, have institutions, great academic institutions, you know. And so, of course, we know that individual individual conferences want to come after us. Um, but these eight are committed to the stability of the conference and how we move forward together. How can we grow together? That's going to benefit the eight institutions. So, um, so I, I would hope that we can move forward. Um, and that if there's any type of stories that come out there, that they would at least go to the source to get the appropriate information and not go off of conjecture. Okay. I have a couple of follow-up, but I don't want to belabor too much of the point. So I'm allowed Charles to come in here and then um, we'll see in terms of bringing Drew in and see if we can get a couple of more questions and I can come back and follow up a little bit. Go ahead, so, Charles. So before I ask my question, I just want to make sure I understood you right. Uh, there's no truth to the rumor of Howard leaving yet. Correct, correct. Okay. And actually we, um, we expect a statement to come out to reaffirm the commitment from the conference um, shortly. Um, and, and that's very important. And, and Howard has, repeatedly stated their commitment to the conference. Um, so, um, and we, we really hate to have to, to talk about that again and again, because we're ready to move forward as sure. a conference. We're ready to, to look at different and bigger things. And you know, I want to make history. So that's what I want to focus on. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, let me follow up on that. Uh, sure. uh, is there uh, an, an actual expansion plan uh, for the um, MIAC? Yeah, so, you know, we always have expansion in mind, but you have to remember that when we're, we don't want to just grab an institution. We want to make sure that they're going to fit us, our, our mission, our athletically, academically. We have to fit. Um, and, and we can't seem, and, and, and I always think, you know, if, if you're just grabbing institutions just to have numbers, you know, if we're the elite eight, we're strong as an elite eight. And mm -hmm. anybody who wants us at this point is wanting us because we are a strong eight um, and we are going to help somebody else. But if we are committed as an eight institutions, we're strong as, as, as eight. So, um, but as that's not to say that we are not looking to grow in the future, obviously we are, but it has to be strategic in what we do in regards to bringing an institution. We have to have the right fit. It's gotta be the right time to add an institution, um, but we can't be in a position where we are just grabbing institutions just because the changing and the shifting of the landscape is going on. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Clinical Professor Drew, please follow up. 
Well, th this is kind of piggybacking off of both these both of these gentlemen's questions. Uh, this is going with the rumors, and then with the expansion uh, the story this week uh, came out about Chicago State. Uh, there's been I don't know what the truth is or what the rumor about about that is or the not the non rumor of it is. So I'm going to let you comment on that as it set the record straight when it comes to Chicago State. Uh, but the Chicago State thing brings up an uh, interesting point with it with them not being a traditional HBCU. So as we talk about this potential expansion. You know, where does that play into into it? Traditional HBCU versus uh, minority serving institutions, which uh, Chicago State would be classified as. Right. So, you know, I think I've said it before. We, we are open um, to to non-traditional HBCU institutions. That doesn't change who we are as a historically black college um, and universities conference that won't change us. Our culture is still there and, and that's who we are. The, when you talk about minority um, serving institutions, we have similar missions. You know, we still are gonna serve the same um, type of students and, and they're, you know, they're gonna wanna play students who look like them. And so, um, so we're open to that. Um, you talk about Chicago State, Chicago State is just one of, of institutions that we've, we've had numerous conversations with. Um, and so, you know, we have to do a, our job in vetting institutions um, to ensure, and they have to do that on their side to ensure that this is going to be the right fit. Is this the right time for us to, to, um, to expand? And so, Again, we can't just be adding schools um, without it fitting into the strategic plan that we have um, as a conference. Um, we have to make sure that we are going to make the best decision, and the institution has to make sure that they're, they're going to make the best decision in regards to joining a conference. And so it's, it's, it's something that we all have to take very seriously, um, even as an institution, whether this is going to be the right move. And then as a conference, is this institution going to come in and, and um, accentuate what we already have? But first, we have to make sure that we have a strong foundation um, before we are able to invite other institutions into the conference. This is Dr. Khalil inside HBCU Sports Lab. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Joining us today is AD Drew. Mike Washington is out on assignment. And you know Charles Bishop. Our exclusive guest of the day is the Commissioner of the MEAC, Sonia Steeles. You stick with us. We'll be right back at this break because I want to come back and talk a little bit more about the expansion fit culture really taking a more deep dive in terms of, you know, there is a thing out there called the transformational committee. Yes. And want to get into maybe what does that mean in terms of people making moves uh, in terms of conference expansion and churning, if you would stick with us, we'll be right back after this break. Thanks. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 
14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag. Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want to allow that and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with exclusive interview with me at Commissioner Sonny Steeles of the Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. He keeps being out on assignment. I don't know how he gets away with that. We're going to have to check some of this. But we do have none other than clinical Professor Drew, Professor Bishop. As we get ended the last segment, we talked a little bit about fit, expanding on expansion conference. There's some questions out there that are really up front in terms of baseball before we get into that transformational. And it might feed into that a little bit. But baseball um, in the MEAC is down to four teams. If I understand it right, in terms of your automatic bid, you have to have six. You right. do have a period of time that you still can use the automatic bid and get there. Mm-hmm. When you look at expansion, um, with a sport like baseball, where you getting to six, how much of a role does that play when you're looking at institutions, particularly as you are communicating with the presidents and chancellors of the conference? Absolutely. You know, when we look at baseball, we're also um, looking at golf as well. You know, we're, we're down members in that as well. So that's that's obviously a, a consideration when we're looking at um membership you know and and it might not be looking at full membership but associate membership um but then it also plays into alliances conference alliances that we can have with other conferences who may be short on their side as well and how we can come together um so that the 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 athletes are playing towards an, an aq um, so we're working on um, those things where we are definitely looking at alliances that we can have that's going to benefit our, our student athletes um, and to give them a great championship experience. Um, that's most important. And so we're constantly um, looking to that. So this year will be the last time that we will have an AQ um, for baseball. And so we are looking for a home for, for our four member institutions. Um, and we hope to have that done hopefully um, this summer so that they they do have a home. And then as we look at potential members um, that will be able to bring our, our, our baseball back. Um, so that's one thing, you know, when you're looking at possible um, conferences that you want to have alliance with, it's only on the only for a certain time. So once we get our six, we're coming back, you know, so that we can have our own AQ as a conference. So we're, we're definitely looking at that. Mm. So you had two years in terms of that grace period, if you would, for lack of better words, you part um, baseball teams, maybe golf in another mm-hmm. conference to make sure you still give them the eligibility for automatic bid. Right. But once you bring them back and you get back to six, is there a period of time that you have to wait? Or does it automatically kick in once you get back to six? We will, we, you have to apply for an AQ every year. And so once we get our six, we'll be able to apply for an AQ. Before I pass it back to them for another follow-up, I wanted to get into this D1 Transformation Committee. Um, sure. We heard a little bit of some things came out a week ago, if you would, or so, about how drastic it may be in terms of the Transformation Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, People have stayed on the periphery for a lot. Those that are not kind of nerd, nerds like me academically that are taking the time to read all this information. Could you 
provide some framework of the Division One Transformative Committee, how you believe it may affect the MEAC, and in terms of expansion, how much of a challenge has that been uh, for the MEAC or really any FCS programs? Because you have uh, the OVC that's in a similar position, right. Atlantic Sun, the WAC, mm -hmm. Big South right there in that same area uh, yep. where OVC, the Big South had two, uh, well, at least OVC, excuse me, with the Division II member coming up. But you haven't had a lot of that. What is the Transformation Committee doing to that expansion on that part of it? Yeah, so it, it, it's funny, like when, when you talk about not being able to get a good hold on what the Transformation Committee is, is doing and, and because they really haven't come out with concepts yet. And the concepts, um, even though they're meeting each week, we still haven't have, have gotten the, the concepts for us to really understand where we're going as Division One. We do know that as, as we look at what Division One is gonna look like, um, it, could, it's, it could change drastically. You know, when you talk about uh, being at an FCS, that could change. Um, where it might be tiered out more when you divide out the divisions um, because they're looking at the, not necessarily the maximums of what it is to be division one, it's start gonna look like what the minimums are to be division one. Um, so things are gonna change because of the, uh, the legality of being division one is as to why we're here in the first place. Um, mm -hmm. And so some of those um, rules and regulations that NCA rules will now funnel down to the conferences and to the institutions. And so it has to look like what are specifically that affects division one that we're willing to hang our hats on. And then what are we just, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, in regards to, to division one. Um, what we do want to do is um, as we figure out what it looks like when you talk about expanding when you talk about us the the, the miag the obc the big south and whatnot when you talk about division two right now currently there is a moratorium that is going to go into effect june 1st um so if they do not apply by june 1st then there's a moratorium on anybody coming into division one until we first figure out whether we are what division one is going to look like so that limits any division two or those conferences who are looking to expand division two is off the table at this point. So it, it's very different. We still don't have the concepts yet. Um, so it's, it's, we're like in a holding pattern right now um, as we wait to see what this looks like, but we know moving in, moving forward, a lot of that stuff is going to come back on the conference level and the institutional level. I know that's important. Contextually, I just wanted to confirm one thing. When you said June 1st, there's a moratorium that doesn't allow Division II teams to move up until that date, or is it after that date? After that date. So if they don't apply by June 1st, the moratorium takes effect. I understand. Charles, please follow up. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to follow up going back and uh, you were talking about that strategic plan, but uh, Commissioner Seals, like, help us out real quick. Um, speak to that rank and file HBCU fan that is a fan of the SWAG, that is a fan of the MEAC, that is a fan of the Celebration Bowl. Uh, a lot of, I guess, perception of the rank and file HBCU fan right now is that the MEAC is on life support. Can, can you speak to that? Well, and that's the funny thing. The, the MEAC is only on life support because somebody said it was. Mm. Not that we are. We mm -hmm. are strong as, as eight. You know, we have six football playing institutions currently. Um, we are moving forward. We are committed as eight. And so, um, so unless somebody said something, we're not. And, the, and they buy into the, um, the hype of it, you know, sure. I, I hear that, you know, the, the me action fold and me. No, we're strong. And so we're going to continue to move forward. I believe in the me act. Why won't you? 
We are mm -hmm. here. You know, we went, hey, you know, we still got football. We went out there and showed our high pots against Jackson State, <laughs> South Carolina State. Now, so, so if we had football, <laughs> oh, that's right, so right so now. subject on this show. As always, congratulations. South Carolina State took care of business. I will, I'll, no, be, no, I'll, I'll be the first to say that. Yes, they did. They took care of business. Just kidding. Good stuff. Look, Good stuff. That's correct. When you talk about the MEAC challenge, the, the, the MEAC has consistently, I think we only lost maybe two MEAC swag challenges. We only lost one MEAC uh, celebration bowl. When you look at uh, basketball, when we, Legacy, bowl, uh, Legacy Classic that was out there, we had uh, Coach Jones, Rob Jones up there, and the MEAC coach won. You know, MEAC is not going anywhere. It's just those people who feel that when an uh, institution leaves, all of a sudden we can't, we can't move forward. The mm -hmm. conference is, is, is not, has been a history of institutions moving in and out, you know, and so we are resilient. We are fine. We have continued to move forward. And so it's only if somebody out there who says that we should fold, you know, the MIAC is dead. Um, they only want something to talk about. Ah. That's it. They, they, they need something to, to keep going, you know, but what I need is those people who are committed to the success of HBCU's conferences. We at four HBCU conferences, two strong division one conferences. This looks good for all HBCUs, all black Americans, when we are both successful. What it does not help is when those individuals are trying to break down our HBCUs. Mm. Why not support your HBCU conferences, the sure. MEAC, the SWAC, the SIAC and the CIAA. We need to come together in order to support four brilliant, HBCU conferences. Sure thing. Thank Commissioner you. Commissioner Steele, I'm, I'm going to throw a plug out there. Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes should kill me. I know it's NEIA, but we do have a Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, which now is a composite of HBCU. So to your point, Absolutely. it's even better. It's five strong five. HBCU conferences exactly. that uh, we all have the ability to talk about. With, before we do this uh, and get into the ranking, we'll give you a chance to say your last statement. But uh, let me let uh, Drew ask this question we'll take a quick break and we'll bring you back to have your final thoughts sure uh my, my last question and, and it's real simple you've been on the job just over 120 days i just want you to take a few moments and reflect over these 120 days what you thought you would be at at, at, at those 120 days versus where you are right now. Get, kind of break that down uh, to us, if you would. <laughs> I got to be political. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I should ask that question, y'all. Y'all don't know about Michael. <laughs> Look, you well, know. You don't have to be political, but you know, some people <laughs> might get their feelings hurt if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> That's what you... you know, you know, when, when I look, you know, when, when you're at day one, you, you have this plan, like everything that you want to execute in these, these 100 days. And I haven't been able to truly execute my visions. I've done certain things here and there, and I want to say they're like low hanging fruit, but when you have to continually show that the eight elite eight are committed to the conference because you have to continually uh, dispute the rumors of individuals who are trying to bring down HBCUs. Um, it takes away from the things that you can, that you need to do to further the conference. Instead, you're trying to um, continually defend, which there's no need. There's no need to do that. Um, we are continually to move forward. We're strong and we're going to continue to move forward regardless. Um, but that takes time um, to continually put the right 
PR in front of you to be able to dispel just misinformation. Um, but we want to be able to, to do things that are going to grow the conference. Um, and that's what I'm committed to from today moving on. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you might have gave part of your closing statement there. Let's take this okay. last break. Uh, with that being said, I, I do want to give a plug. University of Virgin Islands, I know they're not part of any of the five. Uh, but, you know, I do have this liking to go to the Caribbean. So <laughs> just saying, if, if if there's an interest out there, I would be mad if I had to travel and cover some things. So just a point of reference. Uh, but uh, just kidding. I don't need to go with you. Okay. <laughs> there you go. We, yes, we can make it happen because we might need an exploratory trip down there to look at. I'm, I'm with that. I think that fits in the footprint. Dr. Cuville's Inside HBC Sports Lab. We'll be right back after this last break uh, with the MEAC Commissioner Sonia Steeles for her closing um, statements, questions in terms of what she wants to do. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit-smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. Analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a law, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes, sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Boy, those outtakes. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, and A.D. Drew. With the MEAC Commissioner, Sonny Steeles, before I allow you to have uh, a point of reference of a question we may not have asked that you think is important to get out to the followers and listeners. I did want to park and just maybe get some information. Is there any updates on whether Maryland Eastern Shore, which you've heard a little bit, it's been a while, or even Cotton State in terms of bringing football um, to the conference? Not at this time. Um, I know that um, I'm pretty sure that they are vetting that out, but that right now, um, that is not on the horizon. No problem. With that, was there any questions that we didn't ask you uh, that you think is important for our viewers or us, for that matter, uh, that needs to be said? Absolutely, because you did not ask me about the MEAC Nation Association. You know, and I, I just don't understand why y'all didn't ask me about that because that was one of my things that I want to do as far as my vision uh, for like the it. conference is to bring this this homecoming type of atmosphere back for those individuals who are fans supporters of current members and those members who were used to be in the MEAC you know that's still going out and supporting um 
the MEAC, um, like A&T supported us, you know, during the, the celebration bowl. I still have Hampton folk who still come to the basketball tournament. So we want to be able to make the nation that type of group that we can still get together in a homecoming type of atmosphere, but do it in a, a way that's going to benefit um, either help with scholarships, party with a purpose. Um, to be able to, to touch the communities that our institutions are with. And so that's one thing. And, and if anybody wants to join and be a part of the MEAC Nation, um, they can visit our MEACsports.com website and they can join um, the, the, the nation. And we are so excited to be able to move forward. And we are definitely have... Uh, of events planned for the Celebration Bowl and we're looking to, to kick it off during the MEAC Swag Challenge. So if you're not a current member of the MEAC or a former MEAC, but you cover the MEAC, does that count? Are you able to- Absolutely. If you support the MEAC, please join join the the nation um we this is one this is probably my pride and joy of one thing that I wanted to do is just to bring everybody together under this one umbrella. I get my legacy uh, memberships uh, as a Rattler. Uh, oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and and the, the committee is made up of individuals from the uh, institutions, including um, Hampton, uh, Florida A&M, um, Howard, not Howard, more Jesus, but the uh, Cookman. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it's made up of all um, institutions who have been in the MEAC um, and, and touched us in some shape or way or form. Sounds great. I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, yeah, uh, Karen Cardi in okay. terms of helping making sure that we had an opportunity as we were getting out there, as well as Lynn Thompson in Absolutely. terms of me seeking to put this together in this platform was important uh, that I acknowledge them for all the work they did in making sure this comes out. With that, we'll take uh, this uh, quick break so we can come back and close. Want to say thank you for your time as we uh, enjoyed this exclusive interview with MEAC Commissioner Sonia Steele's got a lot of information, including uh, some of the information in regards to the lead eight um, that I think you made very clear uh, where the MEAC is and how they plan to move forward with a strategic plan regarding, again, the lead eight of the MEAC, all eight members. Stick with us, we'll be right back after this last break. We'll come back and give you a couple of tidbits uh, before we get out of here and close. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. You see, head and shoulders has to compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab, me at Commissioner Sonny Steels. Yes, I know we had our exit there, but she wanted to join us. Wanted to make sure that everybody understood clarity in regards to the former members. Can you state that again in terms of the former <laughs> members? Take former two. members, our former members, Hampton, A&T, Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M, 
Winston-Salem, Savannah State, you can join the MEAG Nation. And anybody who supports our corporate partners, anybody who wants to support, please join the MEAG Nation Association and you can get more information on meagsports.com. Thank you I again. I just wanted to declare that. I didn't want anybody to say it was me. This <laughs> is Dr. Bill, Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Thank you for listening to the Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Nyata Khalil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our guest, MIAC Commissioner Sonia Steeles, as she gave you a lot of updates on the MIAC. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday at 6 o'clock. We look forward to the next week as we discuss the latest in the news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as make sure you download the app, MyJBN, MyBCSN, HBCU Go for that matter as they continue to get it done. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon, Charles. Of course. Drew. Lecture. Dismissed. Well, holla.